crazy guy who dresses up like a bat and breaks your arm because somebody killed his parents. Well, Superman's planet blew up, so Batman really ought to get over that shit. Radio Drome. Welcome to another Thursday night. I am Josh Hadley, and I have read you your rights, or I have not read you your rights. With me is Peter the Cinemasochist. One day a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets. Speaking of scum, there's also Cecil T. Cecil. Cecil. Oh, that's right. He's not here this week. Stupid me. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. It's just Peter and I this week. Peter, you got to pop your cherry sometime. Do you know the Adam and Eve promo? I don't. You knew eventually I was going to make you do it. Yeah, I know. All right. You're going to you're going to have to do this next week. Okay. Well, I could do it. I could uh, I could wing it. I could try it. Try it. Let's see how you do. Okay. If you go to adamandeve.com, um you can get uh 10 free gifts. Uh 10 uh let's see. It's DVDs, a gift for her, a gift for him if you use the promo code DROME. I can't get it unfortunately because I'm in Canada, but all you horny Americanites, get your Adam and Eve going. There's actually a little bit more. It's six free DVDs, a gift for him, yeah. a gift for her, a free mystery gift, and free U.S. shipping. There we go. For using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Tonight, we're going to be talking about cop movies, and later on, the opposite of that. Why do you like cop thrillers? Or even cop comedies, just police movies. Well, I mainly like the cop-based action movies like i like cop movies and i like vigilante movies and what, what i like about it is it's just that sort of like they're just badass is the only way i can really describe them like sometimes you you get mad at society for certain things you you find things to be corrupt you don't agree with uh like it's especially relevant in in today's age with what's been going on in, in ferguson and all that stuff so you really you start to feel your gears being grinded by what you're seeing and, and seeing like cop movies where cops are, are actually genuinely heroic and they're actually putting the bad guy away. Dirty Harry, stuff like maybe even like Nighthawks or Seven or even the more uh, sci-fi based ones like Dread where you're, you're really seeing this this officer of the law that's out making a difference. And it, it makes you makes you wish that it was really like that, that, uh, that it really was as, as vigilant as what you're seeing on screen. So it's, it's kind of this, uh, it's this great escape. And uh, that's, that's what I, that's what I like about it. I mainly like the, the action based stuff. And see, I look at it as a different way. Maybe I'm being overly sociopolitical about this, but I look at it as almost a way to indoctrinate the viewing audience into thinking that the cop is infallible like you brought up dirty harry mm -hmm. dirty harry is fed up with the law and the whole point of dirty harry and this is coming straight from one of its writers john milius is that the law doesn't work criminals have more rights than the civilians do so the whole point of a movie like dirty harry is we need more policing and in the real world, as you pointed out with Ferguson, isn't that sort of indoctrinating people that police are good and they're infallible and they're always right? One of the big tropes of cop movies is 
the cop can never catch the killer while he's on the case. He can't do it with the law. He's got to go off mm-hmm. the reservation. He's got to have his badge taken away and violate civil rights and not get search warrants. But he got the bad guy, and we're supposed to cheer for him. Yet when yeah. that happens in real life, we go, why is he not in jail? What's the difference between mm-hmm. why we want to see that in the, in a movie and why in real life we're, we – have an issue with it. Well, I want to see, I would rather see a cop bending the rules and and going off the reservation to catch somebody instead of still keeping their job after gunning some kid down on the street that threw rocks at him. That's what pisses me off. It's cops that get to keep their jobs and still get paid and aren't in jail after doing that. The ones that, you know, maybe put their badge aside and go out of their way to to bust a crack den or a serial killer or a rapist, these to me are the actual hero cops and they're they're the ones that that I want to see get away with what, what they're doing and they're the ones that I want to root for in the movies. Yet at the same time there are also the the other spectrum of cops like in movies like Bad Lieutenant where you have a cop that's that's doing very 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 and it would be very uh it's an understatement to say that he's doing morally questionable things but even that in itself is entertaining and it's it's a like it it's a reflection on on what's what's going on and and how there are crooked cops out there and it gives you it gives you a second opinion and a window into it so i i think it can it can kind of go both ways when it comes to movies and when it comes to to real life as well by portraying the rogue renegade cop as the hero, you're in a way trying to whitewash what real renegade cops do. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Yes, I enjoy these movies the same as you do. But at the same time, I do think there is a societal impact. There's a societal impact that I think a lot of people don't examine, that Mm. they're in a way being indoctrinated into saying that the law doesn't work and we need stricter laws. That's almost Orwellian in how they they do it to you through pop culture. Because you watch any Mm. cop show, any cop show from the 1990s on, the cop does not get the bad guy legally. I mean, we yeah. actually cheer when they, when they when they don't have a warrant and they go, oh, did you hear a noise inside? And they kick the door open and find all the stuff. In real life, f*** you. No, there's a reason that these steps are in place. So in, in a mm-hmm. way, there is a sociopolitical angle you do have to look at. The way I see it is the ones that will, you know, in the shows that uh, the the so-called renegade cops that are rooted for that kick in the door after hearing a noise. The way I look at that is if they are catching somebody in the act doing something bad, you know, that's people that are, you know, keeping victims in basements or raping people or killing people and they catch this person, whether with a warrant or without one, they found somebody doing something awful. And there's always the case that it, it could be said that it took too long to get a warrant. And by the time they got there, the the scene of the crime was cleaned up and, and you know, all the evidence was destroyed. But that's um, the way our system, that's the way our system works. That's the way our system is. Let's say they caught the guy slaughtering the, you know, he's cutting up the body. She's already dead. That guy's not Mm -hmm. only not only never going to be prosecuted, he's going to be able to legally and most likely win a lawsuit against the city for violating his civil rights. And they not only let him will have to let him go, they'll make him a multimillionaire. That's the difference. That's that's the kind of shit you never see in the movies part. 
when the bad no, when the bad guy gets stopped, you know, and the rogue cop yeah. gets the bad guy, you never see that. He's not going to spend a day in jail. That cop is going to lose his job, most likely be prosecuted, and the guy he arrested is a serial killer, now is a multimillionaire from a huge multimillion dollar lawsuit. In reality, you just made the situation worse. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying it's such a great escape when you see it in a movie, because you, you know that that's not something, it's unfortunately not something that would happen in, in real life. I, I would prefer it to be that way, because I, I think that's how the law should work. If, if you find somebody doing something awful, they should go to jail. You know, the, the warrant thing can, it can only go so far. I mean, if you have cops going around kicking, you know, anybody's door in willy-nilly, that's not really right at all that's not lawful uh that is a violation of civil rights but if you have a probable cause if you see something being dragged into a house that's you know leaking blood or you see a hand sticking out of the bag or, or you're hearing just horrible screaming and you know stuff shattering and smashing and and you have eyewitness reports of, of just horrible things happening in the neighborhood there in my opinion at least i'm not saying that you know i things should change this way or should be that way or this or that or, or whatever. Um, I'm not saying go out into the streets and kill whoever you think is bad. It's an opinion-based thing. It's why I think it's so enjoyable to watch it in the movies and why it's such an escape because you're not, it, that's just seeing on the news what they're doing and what's happening is just depressing because the cops that, you know, I brought up the, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, there was like a kid, three cops, the kid was throwing rocks and their way of, correcting that situation was to take their guns out and shoot the kid dead which uh, and these guys obviously kept their jobs they didn't go to they didn't go to jail they got maybe a suspension at best and that's what i that's what i don't agree with it's it's a very like i would like i said i would much rather they kick a door in and catch a bad guy than shoot a kid dead and not get penalized for it whatsoever well do you think then that in the movies they are portraying a pure fantasy. Do you think that there is a realistic cop movie out there? I mean, one that shows that shows the public the real ramifications of a movie, or is it as Alex Jowski always put it, if you did it realistically, it'd be boring. Like, uh, there are a few. I I know that there are some sort of more realistic cop movies. I mean, the the ending to Seven, you can definitely tell that there are ramifications for Brad Pitt's actions. Kevin Spacey is what's shot in the, box? in the head. Yeah, what's in the box? Like shooting him in the head, you can tell just by everybody's facial expression and, and just how heavy the ending is that things are not going to bode well for the cops at the Mills end of that is, one. Mills even is not going to be a cop tomorrow. No, yeah, you can tell. Like that one ended probably the more realistic way that a, a situation like that would end. Whereas a movie like like Cobra, where Stallone ends up mortal combating Brian Thompson onto a huge hook and melting him, and then he gets he goes out of the, the steel mill and he, you know he's hero cop and he even punches one cop in the face and rides off into the sunset with Brigitte Nielsen on a motorcycle. Or lethal that would weapon. definitely be the end the ending of Lethal Weapon One. You know, no, no backup. Yes, this man just <laughs> blew up a house, killed multiple people, had a shootout on the freeway, but we're going to go mano a mano with him because, because. <laughs> just because, because, uh, you know, Gary Busey and Mel Gibson want to show off their Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I do agree with you. These movies are a fun, cathartic release. I love Stone Cold and all these kind of movies just the same. Yeah. But, but I also look at it as a, 
I, I make sure to check myself. Don't allow this to get to indoctrinate you. Because unfortunately, in reality, training day is much closer to reality than Stone Cold is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Training day does the whole renegade crooked cop thing a lot more on the realistic side of it where, you know, there's a lot of uh, the the inner, just the inner stuff with the drugs and, and everything and, and how hard it is to actually stop someone that's so deep into something like that. The movie Colors is arguably mm. realistic, too. Mm. I haven't seen that one. The Sean Penn, Robert Duvall one from 1990? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I will definitely check it out. What, uh, what goes down in that one? It's about the street cops having to deal with the L.A. gangs, the Crips and the Bloods. Mm. And it's brutally realistic, especially oh, with how downbeat it is, because really throughout the whole thing, the cops are outnumbered, and every day they're losing more and more ground to the gangs. Because that's, that's a lot more truer to me. Because in a big way, the cops are outmanned and outgunned. Uh, the, the criminals do have heavier arsenal. They have they have more people, and they have people that are willing willing to kill brutally. Um, they're not you know they're not do arrests or anything like that. They they will kill a cop if they see them or anybody else that stands in their way, and it's incredibly dangerous out there. What is your favorite type of cop movie? Do you like the the rogue cop who's essentially a superhero and is single-handedly taking down a, a huge criminal organization. Do you like the street cop kind of thing or the slow burn detective mystery where you're figuring it out alongside the, the characters? I'd say a little bit of everything for sure. Like I wouldn't be able to narrow it down to one personal favorite, but if I were to pick three, I would go with, well, and this one's probably my favorite movie in general would be RoboCop. I love RoboCop because, for one, it's not just a cop movie. It also becomes a vigilante movie as well, and it's... It's a satire on society as well. Yeah, and it's a brilliant satire, which even to this day is still incredibly relevant. And it has, like, total shock horror moments in it as well, so I just see it as, like, a perfect film. And then there's also Dirty Harry, which I love for how how just gritty it is and how at the at the end of it, you know, he tosses his badge and it's it's a very it's the character giving up the law at the end, which uh, kind of makes the sequels not in so much sense. But I also love the more of the fun stuff as well, like um, like Tango and Cash and Cobra are, are two of my favorite movies. And I love stuff like Dread as well. So like I wasn't even able to narrow it down to three movies like I thought I would be able to, but I, I wasn't able to. But I guess if, if I could pick a favorite, it, it would probably be more of the the superhero cop kind of thing like like RoboCop or the Steven Seagal movies or Dread. What about then cop comedies? Cop movies still police academy are cop movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and National Lampoon and and uh, or not or yeah uh, Naked Gun Police Squad stuff like that and those are still really fun as well. I was actually just watching uh, uh, the season of Police Squad the other because, night because because after last week's episode we were talking about it after yeah. we stopped recording. I just watched all those too. They're they're <laughs> they're brilliantly funny. They are and I love I still to this day love the Naked Gun movies. Like Leslie Nielsen is just is brilliant in those films and I watched. I, I wore out the VHS on, on my copy of Naked Gun when I was a kid. Like, I would just watch the shit out of that movie. So I do have an appreciate, appreciation for the for the comedy stuff. But it's it's weird because just thinking about it now, like, uh, I made a list of 
of all the all the cop movies that I enjoy, and all the ones that I narrowed down were either action-based ones or vigilante-based ones or, or drama-based ones. And now that I think about it, yeah, Naked Gun is also cop. It's is a cop thing as well, but more more comedy. I always just looked at it as as a straight comedy. But yeah, I would definitely have to add uh, Naked Gun to my my list of, of favorite cop-related films. What about something like the Police Academy movies that are basically a farce? of police movies um it's been a while since i've watched them but i i definitely remember enjoying the the first one i don't remember anything about the sequels but those are pretty fun like the the characters were were enjoyable and they were well paced and funny i don't really see them as as like really an insult of anything they're just you know they're they're what they're meant to be they're comedies Let's go back and let's get a little more sociopolitical again about why about cop movies in general here. Why do you think cop movies caught on to the American public so much? Even going back to the 1930s when you had, you know, the Untouchables style of cop movie all the way through arguably their heyday, which would be the 70s and 80s. Why do you think the American public mm. likes these movies so much? Is it because of, like, like I mentioned earlier, that kind of false reality of this is the police that they want or is there something mm. is there something deeper there do you think because i said that i, I like it because it's a great cathartic release if sometimes you're you're mad at the system or society and you're mad about you know some criminal that's out there that hasn't been caught was released too early or whatever so it's this of escapism where you're like yeah i wish there could be someone out there like that or if somebody that's actually taking care of crime um, and at the same time, yeah, well, like when people watch it and, and they they want that to be their kind of cop, I mean, that can make sense. I mean, they're they're watching it again for that same sort of release where they're thinking that maybe there should be somebody out there like like Dirty Harry or 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 like or whoever else. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think there should be someone exactly like that because somebody like that in real life would be a horrendous destructive force, obviously. But it's it's valid to say that with what we are seeing in terms of the way uh, a lot of laws are being handled and uh, people that, that get away with what they're getting away with, it's it's natural to kind of to want something new, something to, to actually be able to to look up to that you can trust, which is not to say that all police are are terrible people. I don't think that at all. I don't think all cops are or horrible people. And I don't think just like anybody in any profession, not everybody is going to be this great person and not everybody is going to be an asshole either. But it's it's easy when you see so much of the negativity on TV and in the newspapers to kind of wish that there was more more of a, a guy that really uh, believes in injustice and almost like a comic book hero kind of way. And I think that's that's natural. That's uh, the, that, that I think that is a, a reason why a lot of people watch at least those kinds of cop movies where the cops are depicted more as like a renegade superhero kind of thing. You brought up Judge Dredd earlier. Let's leave a, let's leave mm -hmm. aside the movie parts. Let's leave aside his movie incarnations and go back to the comic book. It's funny that yeah. cre the creator of Judge Dredd, John Wagner, created him as a satire of not just mm -hmm. actual American policing, but also American police movies. And yet most of the people who loved – who the Americans – loved Judge Dredd because like, yeah, this is the kind of cop that we need. They didn't get that they were being satirized or the fact yeah. that Judge Dredd is the villain of the book. 
He's a goddamn <laughs> asshole. He's merciless. Yeah. And if he was if he was real, you would hate this guy. It's isn't that kind of funny? Yeah, because that, every... that they didn't get that they were being made fun of. Yeah, well, he considers like the guy's a total fascist. He considers everything to be a crime. Like, like, could you imagine an actual cop like Judge Dredd patrolling the streets? Like, you would be murdered for downloading a song or or crossing at a red light or anything. Judge Dredd is is definitely a satire, a brilliant one. I love um I love the recent Dredd movie. I even like the Stallone one, and I I grew up on the comics. But no, this is not uh, a cop that we would actually want in real life. And I've I've always understood that. It's yeah, a lot of people didn't didn't get that, and that's that's hilarious. But a lot of those comics were satirical, uh, all the 2080 stuff, and Judge Dredd being, you know, their their biggest their biggest draw um, was definitely uh, and 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 it was mostly like of stuff like Dirty Harry of very merciless blow everything up kind of police officers in American media, and yeah, it's funny that that people don't understand that. It's kind of like the 1986 TV series Sledgehammer, which was essentially what if Dirty Harry were a sitcom. The problem is that, again, audiences didn't get it. They didn't understand that this is supposed to be a satire. They're like, mm. I, don't, I, I don't get it. So, so this, this cop is just so dumb? And, like, he sleeps with his gun. Wait, what? And they didn't get that. <laughs> does, does that mean when a, when, a, when a police satire is so good that you don't get that it's satire? Is that where it's done its job too well or not good enough? Um... I would say probably possibly too well because the right people are the ones that get it, that understand that it's it's meant to be satirical, that it's meant to be a comedy. And the ones that take it dead seriously, well, that's just the, the kind of the kind of people that, that they are. I mean, maybe it's kind of mean saying that they're stupid, but yeah, I mean if you're if you're kinda <laughs> if you're kinda dim headed, then maybe you won't understand. But I, I would say it's definitely done right because you know, you don't want it to be too um bludgeoning with uh with the satirical elements you want it to be subtle enough to where you think for a second and then you laugh uh, like you don't want it to just be just ridiculously stupid i think it definitely did what it what it was setting out to do and the people that got it got it and the the people that didn't didn't i mean that's just the the way most uh, shows and movies go Okay, so we've looked at how the audience has some sort of a not just cathartic release, but there's a there's a societal reason that cop movies are the hits that they are. What about the opposite mm. side of the coin, which would be the vigilante movie? Because the law mm. doesn't work, and we don't have the renegade cops who who will who will throw their badge away and go get the killer, even though you know or to go stop the drug dealer. We know there's drugs in there, but they can't get a warrant for some reason. Robert Ginty straps on a flamethrower and goes and takes out all of the scumbags. Why do you think – because it can't be the same reason that people love vigilante movies that they love the rogue cop movies because they mm. are the opposite sides of the same argument. Yet a lot of the same audience likes each side. That There has to be something mm. about that. Well, with vigilante movies and with cop, cop movies, at least the renegade cop movies, like uh, especially stuff like, uh, you know, like Dirty Harry, where he will throw away his badge at, at the end and kind of turn his back on the law to, to catch the criminal his way. In a way, that's it sort of becomes a, a vigilante movie with those with the vigilante films like Exterminator, with with Death Wish, with The Punisher. 
it's it's a guy who has given up on on the system on waiting around for the police to do what he feels they should be doing now the the thing about this genre is is that these are anti-heroes they they are not to be looked at as as 100 good guys because in a way they still have this kind of bad guy element to them because a bad guy in in essence is somebody that full-on 100% believes that what they're doing is right. And a vigilante believes that what they're doing is right because they feel like the police aren't doing a good enough job of it. They're not putting away cops. They feel like prisons are overcrowded, so criminals should be killed. And it's usually set off by something very emotionally triggered, like a family dying or or a best friend dying, or in John Wick's case, a, a dog dying. In a lot of cases... People like Paul Kersey are treated as the hero. They're not treated as as a guy, I mean, obviously as the guy who's been pushed too far. They are treated almost as a cipher for society, especially in the Death Wish movies. They're treated as society is going to hell. We can't control it anymore and the police aren't doing anything because they're handcuffed, no pun intended, by so many rules. I don't have these rules. And yet mm. what they're advocating, seriously, the Death Wish movies are advocating anarchy. Yet most people who watch those movies would go, no, I'm against anarchy. I like living in a society of laws where some motherfucker's not going to break my door down because they smell pot and shoot me in the head. Yeah. So why is well, Paul, again, Paul Kersey a hero? Paul Kersey wouldn't do that, though. Like, that's not the kind of character that is. Even though I see where you're coming from, Paul Kersey's going to shoot you if he sees you mugging somebody on the street. Frank like, Castle the great thing, would. Frank, Frank Castle, Castle shot a jaywalker. He did, but that's when it comes to Frank Castle, there's so many different comic book iterations of that character. Like there are versions of him that will shoot you when you're jaywalking. But again, I doubt he like I doubt most versions would just be a guy that goes and shoots just some guy smoking a doobie. Like like Frank Castle is really he's he's the kind of guy that will uh catch mobsters at you know at the dock getting ready to, to to do whatever to go kill cops or kill whoever and he'll create a, a sting operation and take them out or like you know the cartels or, or people like that this is a most versions of the punisher is is very much that kind of uh, guerrilla warfare on crime kind of thing but it it is funny that you mentioned that that version where he would he would shoot a jaywalker and um yeah, I don't really I don't I don't agree with that. Like that's horrible. That's why anarchy shouldn't be a thing because then you've got people with that mindset that will go out no cuz it it all goes back to again the people justifying what they believe is right as as a vigilante will go out and he will do what he's doing because he sees it as right. And if and if anarchy did exist, if that's how the world was, if somebody saw fit, if they saw it as the right thing to do, to shoot you because you're smoking dope or crossing at a red light, then they're going to do that. And that's why we do not need to have anarchy. That's why anarchy should not be a thing. And it's why we need laws, even if the laws aren't perfect. What, what you're talking about would be kind of like they think they're doing the right thing. What if they're just a crazy yeah. person? In, instead of the exterminator, Robert Ginty was killing a bunch of hookers because he thought they were actually demons in disguise. 
and that he was protecting society by <laughs> killing innocent women. Well, exactly. That's why it's he, not. He would still uh, be the. He would still in- be a vigilante. But all. Of, I mean. Yeah. W- where is the line drawn with with vigilante and crazy person? Because a vigilante, by definition, is kind of a crazy person. Yeah. He well, definitely. You'd have to be like look at Taxi Driver. When I first saw Taxi Driver, when I was maybe 14, 13, 14 years old, I really rooted for Robert De Niro's character, and the reason for that was probably because well, you didn't I was, realize he was a nut. Exactly. I was uh, kind of zoning in and out of the movie and then when i got older and watched it and i still i that's one of my favorite films in that genre but you really start to realize it with every viewing of the film and the more things you pick up that this guy is f-ing crazy he's nuts he's a guy that's driving around and he's looking at people and, and like everybody to him deserves to to die and and there's even the moment where he tries to kill that senator and when that fails his fallback plan is to go and save the little underage hooker. But in the general, the big picture of it, he's a nut. He's a nut who goes out, kills a bunch of people one night, and the next morning somehow is looked at as a hero in the newspapers because he saved a little girl. But he's still just the same crazy guy that he started out as being. He's he's a dangerous lunatic that nearly murdered a senator for whatever reason that he has chosen to justify in his mind. And that's definitely the other side of the coin of, of the vigilante. And it's, it's interesting that we see both versions in films because you see films where you do kind of feel like what they're doing, like in, in exterminator, like I have to say it, everybody that Robert Ginty takes out in both that film and exterminator, or two, you kind of feel like they're people that have coming, you know, they're, they're mobsters and they're pimps that solicit little kids and, you know, gangs and, and stuff like that. Whereas in Taxi Driver, you really get the feeling that it's not so much this guy wants to go out and, and bring justice to the streets. It's that he's, he's got mad PTSD and the, the wheels aren't exactly turning correctly in his head anymore. Then why, when a vigilante character is added to something that, I mean, the superhero genre is essentially a vigilante genre, really, when you think about it. But Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about the vigilante character, I'm talking about the more Punisher type. Look at at like Watchmen. Let's leave the movie out for a moment and just talk about the comic book. In its 1986 context, Night Owl and Dr. Manhattan were supposed to be the main characters. Mm. Who's the one character everybody loved? Rorschach. Rorschach. Mm. The no doubt about it crazy man who doesn't mm-hmm. care about civil rights and will break your fingers because you're not addressing him properly. And mm-hmm. yet he's the one who everyone went, oh, my God, this Rorschach is so awesome. The only thing that could have been worse is if they identified with the comedian who is a <laughs> rapist scumbag. Uh, it's, and and it's yet, at least with the comedian, he had a moment at the end yeah. where he became a human being again. Really, Rorschach yeah, doesn't have that. The thing with, with characters like uh, Comedian and Rorschach, why, why I think they became so popular over every other character is those complex elements of their characters. Rorschach has this horrible, abusive childhood and just loses it when, when, he, become the, when he becomes a hero. Like when he, when he sees what, uh, what that man did to the little kid and he just he goes nuts and just murders the guy. And with Comedian, he was a guy that just kind of saw everything as a, as a joke to, to begin with, kind of didn't care what he was doing. Um, and then eventually 
what's so great about his character is, yeah, as you were saying, there's an arc. He realizes later on in his life how awful it is what he was doing and he, he and he sees the the lies behind um the the whole the general watchman thing in general and everything well, that he and, had been in doing reality with watchman it's all his fault not that he mm-hmm. did this but if he had been more serious about it and not been such a jackass yeah he could have stopped it that it was his lack of empathy and caring that caused all of this which you is know, really never has that moment. No, he doesn't. Rorschach just he just goes out swinging the the same way that he came into the story. Whereas uh, that's I mean he's he's just as he's an interesting character, and I can see why fans cater to him and are into him. And there's so many people dressing up as him at at conventions and whatnot. But I always found. Like, I, I really, I, I can understand that comedian is a rapist, horrible scumbag, but it's that arc in his character that makes him an intriguing character. And I like, I, I don't know why there are so many people that shit on Night Owl as a character, because I thought he had a lot of really interesting, complex elements to his character as well. He was supposed to be the main character because he's the former vigilante who now wants to do things right, but people saw him as like a goody two-shoes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he won't go out and break these people's fingers. He'll try and do this legally. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, well, Rorschach won't do that. He'll just go out and get it done. It's kind of like it's kind of like the same thing w- with, with Batman and Superman. Superman's called the Big mm-hmm. Blue Boy Scout. Why? Because he allows for civil liberties, whereas Batman will just go up and break your goddamn arms. <laughs> and it's like, you realize in real life, Batman would be a, a horror to anybody, not just criminals. Yeah. You'd be terrified yeah. of this psychopath in your city. Why is of course. Batman is a crazy person? And there, there's no doubt about that. He's a guy who got so traumatized by his parents being murdered in front of him that he took on the image of a giant bat to instill fear into, into the people that he fights, into the criminals that he goes out in the night to, to take out. And whether he has this moral code or not, like there's the whole Batman doesn't kill anybody thing. He might not kill you, but he will maim you. He will bust you up real bad. He'll break your face and your arms and your legs and toss you to the wolves. Superman, I I don't know. I've always, um, I know there's a lot of people listening that will not agree with this at all, but I've always been more towards Superman. I've always found him to be a hell of a lot more complex than than Batman because you've got this guy who knows for a fact that the way Earth sees him is as a god and he just he wants to fit he's in. He's literally he wants alien to, to this environment. Yeah. And you you got to imagine like he's deep down inside the guy's got to be terrified of of um what people think of him and he's he's got a real reason to have this secret identity. He knows full well how people see Superman because there, there are just as many people as there are that look up to him. There are people that despise him and, and resent him for, for what he is. And I think there's, there's a hell of a lot more complexity to that than there is in a crazy guy who dresses up like a bat and breaks your arm because somebody killed his parents. Well, Superman's planet blew up. So Batman really ought to get over that shit. But then why do you think, since we're talking comic book vigilantes right now, 
Superman and Captain America and Iron Man and that are seen as like soft on crime. They're goody two shoes. When like when Spider Man arrests you or stops a, a crime, he'll take you to the police station. Punisher kneecaps you. Batman will break your spine and then <laughs> maybe drop you off at the hospital. Why is it the hyper violent <laughs> ones are yeah? And then you know Spider Man's a goody two shoes. He brings them to jail. <laughs> the thing is, with, with the ones that will bring you to jail, those ones illustrate kind of what we what we need a lot more in a law system, is that there are people out there keeping justice, keeping the peace, and at the same time, they value human life and they believe in the jail system. And at the same time, you have the violent vigilantes. You have Punisher, who will literally shoot you in the face to stop you. Uh, you have Batman, who will break your arms. And, and at one point in the comics, like I believe he started out shooting people is a much more violent uh, superhero, but at the same time, it's still, it's, it's still kind of a cathartic release. The same thing with the renegade cops, where when you get so mad at, at, the, at certain types of criminals, like, I, I don't know about you, but when I think about like rapists and serial murderers and child molesters, I want to see somebody like Punisher going after people like that. And that's just kind of, that's just my first response. When I think about people like that, I want to see them skinned alive. I want to see horrible things done to these people, even though that's not necessarily right. And you can't exactly fight fire with fire. But when it comes to comic books and when it comes to movies, it works as this great cathartic release. You can enjoy it in that way and be like, man, yeah, that's this is what should be happening to people like that. And you're enjoying it and you're reading along and you're watching along. But you know full well that that's that what they're doing still isn't exactly right either. And and that's why the term antihero exists, I would say. Like Superman and Spider-Man and Captain America and Iron Man. Well, actually, Iron Man maybe sort of falls in between the two. But these ones, these four, would definitely be more of the superheroes, very... Uh, they, they're morally sound. They don't believe in killing. They believe in the justice system. They believe in, in the jail system. And then you have anti-heroes. You have the Punisher. You have Batman, Deathstroke, Wolverine, Deadpool, characters like this that are kind of imbalanced when it comes to their moralities. All of them in some way do believe in injustice. Punisher, of course, strongly believes in it. He hates criminals. He hates uh, pedophiles and rapists and serial killers and will, will do them in brutally. But at the same time, um, you have uh, characters that will kill for money, like Deadpool or Deathstroke, that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not good either. They've been in storylines where they've been the good guy, and they've been in storylines where they've been the bad guy. Hell, even Lobo has had his moments where he's kind of been looked at as, as, a, as a good guy as well. Lobo <laughs> was forced to work for Legion for, what, five straight years? They're a police force for—they're a space <laughs> police force! <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what um, that's why the antihero is there, because sometimes you want to read or watch something that isn't just the morally driven superhero. Sometimes you want an antihero. Sometimes you want somebody who breaks the rules a little bit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just it's just kind of a variety is the spice of life kind of thing. What do you think is the most effective type of either police film, or cop film, or vigilante film? The, the kind that goes all death wishy or the kind that goes all Dirty Harry franchise? Mm. What do you think is the most effective with audiences? Do you think they want something like the superhero cop or like Robert Ginty burning burning scumbags alive or do they want something that's a little bit more of a mix the rogue police genre and that's what i'm calling it rogue police because that's usually what it is 
became mm-hmm. so ridiculously huge in the late 80s and early 90s that just the tropes moved into cliches. And then in the 90s, the vigilante movies did the same thing. Is it just repeating repeating the same thing over and over again that the audience wants? Both of these genres need to change with the time. Do you, I mean, okay, I'm going to ask this question point blank. Will Paul Kersey work post-2000? That's a, that's a good question because um, you really have to look at how much times have changed since the 70s to now. Because, yeah, and, Paul Kersey was very much an answer to what was going on in 1974. And a lot of it was, you know, people of, of certain races wouldn't be helped. Um, there was still a ton of, of racism, and there, there, was, uh, there was a reason, at least as a mindset, to want somebody like that out on the streets. There was, um, you could kind of see why people would want to, to see that as an audience. Uh, and nowadays, if uh, a character like that working, I can, I can see it. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I could see it working the exact same way, but I could see a character like that coming into play just with how many cases of, of crooked coppery there's been uh, nowadays, uh, whichever way you want to look at it. You know, the, the whole... Ferguson thing is is not a great situation. It doesn't make the police look good, and it doesn't make that neighborhood look good. Uh, the, the the cops that have you know turned their guns on people that they shouldn't be turning their guns on to it. It's not. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for law enforcement. So I don't know if so much a character like Paul Kersey, but I think a character like that, similar to that style, would still work because we're we're experiencing a, a law system that's being looked at as a lot of people for being corrupt and crooked and not what it should be so that kind of character is still relevant i would say you know you take a look at like the real life serpico the real Mm. life serpico turned in corrupt cops and was Mm. shot in the face for it and to this day is still hated by people who were not even police officers who were not even born when he did what Mm -hmm. he did because he crossed the blue wall Yet the movie Serpico shows a lot of that and it shows the corruption. And yet people, people in people who watch the movie Serpico side the character of Frank Serpico. But in real life, they go, he was just a scumbag rat. When you've got something like that that's based on a true story, for some reason, they like the movie version better than the real version. Is that just just the the disconnect we have between real life and reality versus what Mm. we see on the screen? I'd say that's definitely a disconnect. I mean, uh, I don't know where this whole um, anti-ratting mindset comes from. I mean, uh, it should be a good thing that he's giving away crooked cops. Like, people should be looking at him as as a hero for that, somebody who truly died for what they really believed in um, well, he, he really he, believed he, he in... didn't die he got shot in the face and he lived shot in the face and yeah. God, it was so bad when this happened a lady down the hall because he was set up and shot by other cops and the lady mm. down the hall called the police when one of the first responding police officers got there they called in you know cop down and mm. then he later told the investigator if i'd known it was serpico i would have let that son of a bitch bleed to death and this isn't even one of the cops he ratted on. It was just, you don't rat. Yet, and everybody loves the movie version of Frank Serpico. That's the Serpico. That's the kind of cop we need. And the real Frank Serpico <laughs> is still spit on on the street. You cross the blue wall. So why yeah. 
Why do we like something in a... It, it even goes back to how we started this conversation, Peter. Mm. If Judge Dredd or Batman or Dirty Harry were really out there, we would hate this person. Why do we like yeah. him in a movie, but we hate him in real life? Because it's escapism. Like, uh, it, it's a cathartic release, as I was saying before. Um, it's not something that you do have to deal with in real life, but it's it's fun to watch because there's something out there that makes you mad. You can watch a violent vigilante movie and feel a little bit better about seeing that, but you certainly wouldn't want somebody like that out there because you would have to walk on eggshells everywhere you go lest you have your f***ing arm broken by Batman. And when it comes to the whole anti-rat thing with, with Serpico, I mean, I, I don't get that. I could see cops kind of getting inflamed by that. I, I understand that, you know, maybe you don't feel safe in your job because there's somebody that's going to rat you out. But shouldn't you not want somebody in, in your line of work to be doing corrupt things, to be doing bad things, to be uh, to be lying and, and causing more crime to happen? Like, wouldn't you not want crooked cops? And I, I don't get why people would be against somebody in real life who, who, who did something positive. He, he ratted out people that were doing bad shit. And yet... The... I should point out, all of the cops he ratted on were convicted. Mm. And it, not just of attempting to kill him, but of the things he turned them in for. So yeah. he, he didn't, like, accidentally rat on an innocent cop. Yeah. And he took a bullet through he, the face for it. Yeah, he ratted on guys that were, that were actually bad news. And uh, I don't understand that disconnect. Vic Mackey, what people don't realize, Vic Mackey is the villain of The Shield. He's not the hero. What is your preferred genre of, because they both fall under crime thrillers, of crime thriller? Mm -hmm. The vigilante or the cop? Which one would you rather follow? I'm going to have to go with vigilante. Um, I just, I like that. I like that aesthetic. I love, uh, like, I would consider, I would consider a movie like First Blood to be vigilante. Um, I would consider, and then, of course, you've got other ones that, because uh, you've got movies where you feel like the character is, righteous in a way of what they're doing like in a movie like uh, exterminator or death wish or first blood and then there's also morally questioning ones like falling down which really depicts the vigilante character in a completely different way he is a complete crazy probably also person. my favorite yeah michael douglas is nuts in that film and it's it's a great movie but it's it's one of those ones that you should watch if you're a fan of vigilante stuff to get a different perspective on it because that one really puts a different spin on that kind of character Taxi Driver and Falling Down don't try to sugarcoat the fact that these this person is f***ing no. crazy. No, they don't. Like, um, And uh, with Taxi Driver, I think a lot more people need to go back and rewatch that one to really see how f***ing crazy he is. Because I think a, a lot of people remember Taxi Driver as being almost more of like a Death Wish kind of thing. And it really isn't. It's really more of a character study of this racist crazy person that wants everybody to die um and that's why that one is is that one in movies like falling down are worth watching because there's such a, a different story uh of that kind of character and um which is not to say that uh cop movies don't have the same thing you have um superhero cop movies and you have cop movies that are that really 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 go on that razor's edge of uh morality and corruption like a movie like bad lieutenant does i just i like i just like the vigilante genre a little bit more because well i mean the punisher is my favorite comic book character and i love movies like exterminator and i love movies like first blood and death wish and stuff i just i i like action movies like that i like the whole standalone everyman hero kind of thing and that's that pretty much sums up why i'm 
I'm into it. And I've been following the genre for years. I love a bunch of the stuff from the 70s and the 80s. And I like recent stuff as well. Like I love um, Nicholas Winding reference Drive. And I love the, the vigilante movie The Rock was in 2010, Faster, which is just an awesome homage in itself to like 70s action movies and john wick was great john wick was fantastic but but he's that's he's hardly a vigilante mm-hmm. he, he was he was doing it for revenge yeah. on a certain person i gotta say mm. maybe i'm about to commit blasphemy here i like a lot of abel ferrara's <laughs> work and i like bad lieutenant i like mm. bad lieutenant Protocol new orleans better i'm sorry me too honestly i think uh yeah the nicholas cage one is way better they took that story and they they ran with it and they they use like they added all these new elements to it and they expanded on and the character and made him even moment. fucking crazier. And he has that moment at yeah. the aquarium at the end when I, I know it, it almost feels tacked on, but when he finds out that as corrupt of a scumbag as he is, he did make a positive difference in the world. When he that scene at the aquarium yeah. honestly ties the whole movie together. It does. It it makes it uh, and and Abel Ferrara is kind of his his bleakness factor is kind of what he's about. I love his version of of Bad Lieutenant, but that's not a movie I can really. It, it doesn't really have rewatch value because it puts you in a fucking deep depression for like two weeks, which is part of the reason why I do prefer the Nicolas Cage one. It has a way of arcing in the end. You you have him having this. He's a much you know, more this fully developed character. He's a much more fully developed character. Yeah. Yeah, you have that great ending where he's where he's uh, got that moment of introspection, and that's part and of what makes that movie his, so. And he marries his pregnant hooker girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Peter. I don't know whether you're a vigilante or you're law enforcement, but either way, where can people find you? People can find me upholding the law at Zinematica and on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, the Cinemasochist, and you can find me on. YouTube, the Cinemasochist, upholding the prime directives. And see, so you can find me at that undercurrent of, of the under of the underworld there where I seem to live at 1201beyond.com, and you can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Remember, guys, go to 1201beyond.com, get some T-shirts. There will be some Cinemasochist T-shirts being added very shortly. Go click on That's some right. links. Cecil should be back next week. Video game nut all at PAX, missing the show. Boy, his prime <laughs> And you can uh, up. When he's not at PAX, you can find him at geekjuicemedia.com and where else? And at Good Bad Flick. Screw him! No, no, he doesn't get a plug. He's not here, he doesn't get a plug. <laughs> Capula!
1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.